Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Welcome back. You're listening into the overnight crowd right across the SEN network. If you want to text in 0433981116, Damien Watson with you. It's time to talk cricket now and a lot of excitement ahead of Australia's tour of Pakistan, the first test to get underway on Friday. And you can hear a lot of that action on the SEN network as well with the team heading up there, Adam Collins and co. Izzy Westbury, part of the commentary team. Good to have her back as well. So a lot of talent there, and I wonder how the Australians will respond in the Pakistan conditions. It's the first time, and it's been repeated ad nauseum, hasn't it, that Australia have toured Pakistan since 1998. And joining us to dissect all of the latest cricket news, plenty around the traps as well, not just relating to the men's team, the women's team, of course, partaking in the ODI World Cup in New Zealand. Andrew Menzel joins us on the line for the latest cricket chat and news from the award-winning Cricket Unfiltered podcast. How are you, Matters? Damien, I'm doing really well. And this tour to Pakistan, it's not just great for cricket in Pakistan, but it's great for the overnight crowd because it's the perfect lead-in to the <laughs> show. So, yeah, it's a great test series and going to be a great period for the overnight crowd. <laughs> That's right. Uh, pretty much off the back of anything that happens, you can have the talk back firing. I wonder how the Aussies will go at this point in time. There's been a lot of talk about it. It's been a decent build-up where there has been room to talk about how this tour may progress and the pitch as well. I noticed Nathan Lyon said that there's some similarities between the pitches in the United Arab Emirates, where, which is where Australia have played Pakistan in the past, to obviously the Pakistani pitches as well. So do you think there'll be similarities or distinct differences? Yeah, look, um, I've been, you know, getting as much information as I can on the pitch from thousands of miles away. But what I'm hearing from people on the ground is that it's it's actually quite dry and it's going to be, um, you know, there's going to be no grass. It's going to be very dry when it starts. And it'll probably be a second or third day wicket on the first day. And I actually think what we're seeing is that the Pakistan um, administration are thinking our best chance of beating Australia is with spin bowling. And I think we'll see the wickets spin pretty early and there'll be reverse swing for the quick bowlers. Speaking of the quick bowlers, I mean, Shaheen Shah Afridi is one that I've really kept an eye on since. remember watching him play in a under-19 match between Australia and Pakistan at that level. And his ability to swing the ball both inward and outward is quite remarkable. And he's still quite young, only 21 years of age. So there's a lot of scope for improvement there. What about the pace attack that Pakistan have? I know there is room for improvement, but there is a little bit of promise there, I guess. Yeah, look, they've been rocked by injuries um, in the last few days. Uh, Harris Ralph, actually, the quick bowler who played for the Melbourne Stars, contracted COVID today, so he'll be missing the um, test match. Also, Hassan Ali's injured, but yeah, you're right, Shaheen Afridi's incredible. Uh, he was the ICC Men's Cricketer of the Year last year. Yep. And then um, the other one is Nazim Shah, the youngster we saw 
play against Australia when they were out here a few years ago. Yep. Uh, yeah, so um, Nassim Shah, I think, going to be really exciting. Um, and then there's the spin attack, which I think will cause us a lot of problems. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Australians do respond. With players of the calibre of Warner and Smith, how do you think they will respond to the spin on those wickets? Yeah, I'm... Look, if you're looking at it positively, uh, I think Australia uh, have got a pretty good lineup uh, to counter the spin, especially the top four. Kawaj has shown that he's got all the shots now against spin, reverse sweeps, conventional sweeps. David Warner, we know, is an accomplished player in all conditions. And then Manus Labashane looks to be a good player of spin, but he is untested on the subcontinent. So that's still a question mark. And then, of course, Steve Smith, who's fantastic against spin bowling. Um, but apart from that, you know, the question marks around Travis Head, how he'll do, and also Cameron Green, uh, totally foreign conditions to what he'd be used to. Um, so if, if Pakistan can knock the top off, I think they'll feel they can run through our middle order with good spin bowling. And I did notice as well the announcement that they're playing for the Beno Kadir Trophy. So named after leg spinners, this particular trophy, as Australia prepare for their first test series against Pakistan on Pakistan soil in 24 years. Uh, an appropriate way to make that announcement and, and select the players which honour the name in which they carry? Yeah, what what a uh, what a fantastic um, what a great trophy. I mean, this is going to be so good for Pakistan Australia cricket relations, and yeah, really really good stuff. And I wonder if we'll see Lex been a play for Australia. Maybe Mitch Swepson will get a game. I'm not sure it'll be the first test, but maybe as the series goes on. I know, and uh, look in terms of the way. You know, you look at Abdul Qadir and his contribution to Pakistan cricket and obviously Richie Benno, we know about his contribution. I mean, look, you you wouldn't necessarily put the two together when it came to rivalry. And often when we think of Pakistan cricketers, we think of sheer pace, don't we? You look at that era in the 90s or the late 80s where you have Wazim Akram with his reverse swing and also Imran Khan, his ability to play all facets of the game to a great level. You don't think of... I mean, there was Sakhalin Mushtaq as well. Shoah Bakhtar is another paceman. So uh, it's interesting when you think historically, pacemen come to mind, even though Pakistanis love wickets for spinners. Uh, and that's what mm. it's aimed for. So they've done well to produce a variety of bowlers and bowling types over the years. So I think it's good that they recognise leg spinners when it comes to naming the trophy after past cricketers. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And it could have been the Shoah back to Brett Lee trophy, which would have been, the, have been bad, the quickest yeah. would have been the quickest trophy in world cricket. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, no, great stuff. And I think it's a, a great way to start the, such a, an historic series with that trophy being named in both those players' honour. Speaking with Andrew Menzel from the award-winning Cricket Unfiltered podcast. It's funny, isn't it, Menz? When this particular tour was announced late last year, we were thinking... There's an element of scepticism here. Will it actually go ahead realistically? We've heard all this before, and here we are just days out. And I think even we were a couple of weeks ago thinking, oh, there's still that element of scepticism as to whether they cancel it or not. But it's good that we've got to this point. Yeah, it's incredible. And the fact that not one player has pulled out of the the, the tour is something I did not expect. And, and you're right. I mean, so many people doubted that they would get there after... Australia's cancelled so many tours in the last two years. I get the feeling there was just 
they just had to go this time. There was so much riding on it. Uh, yeah, and, you know, it's going to be incredible. But it, it is it is a strange series. It, all the reports are that the security's, you know, in the thousands and the fact that they've just gone over, no preparation, they're just going to get straight into it. It's, it's still an, an odd tour. Oh, no question. It's quite unique. What about the Usman Khawaja factor, the sentimentality and that he was born in Pakistan? I'm sure he'd be absolutely mesmerised by the occasion and he'd be looking to maintain his focus. But there's that good sentimental subplot and sub-story around him as an individual playing for Australia on Pakistan soil. And how do you think he'll respond to that, given the spotlight's going to be on him in particular? Oh, yeah, it's a wonderful story. The fact that he was born in Karachi, but then lived in Rawalpindi, um, where he, they're playing the first test. So he's, you know, just playing right near where he grew up. And, uh, yeah, that's a beautiful story. And he, I was hearing him on the press conference say that he had, does have relatives and family in Pakistan, but he's actually not going to be able to see them or get near them because of the security whole tour, the whole tour, which is quite incredible. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very important tour for him He's done well playing in the Pakistan Super League. So I, ex- I expect him to do well on this tour. All right. So the first test itself, what are you predicting will happen? Well, I can just give you my series prediction, Damien. And I guess Aussie fans might want to shut your radio off now. But <laughs> I'm going 3-0 three, three Pakistan. I think they'll be too good. With their spinners will run through our middle order. We've had no pre- preparation and it's, it's, I think it's going to be a, a close series. I don't think it'll be like when Australia goes to India and we get walloped in three days. But I just think we'll be outclassed. Okay. Interesting prediction there. So, Andrew Menzel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast joining us on the line. What about the women's team? They're up against a bevy of, uh, I guess, opponents throughout the World Cup, as any World Cup tournament can produce. And it'll be interesting to see how the Aussies go on Kiwi soil. They've come out of quarantine earlier than expected. They had a warm-up match against the West Indies firstly, in which they won, and then New Zealand, which they lost. Is it the loss that they needed to have coming into the tournament as a bit of a wake-up call? Yeah, it wasn't just a loss. They were walloped. They batted first and made... 325, I think, in their their 50 overs. And then New Zealand got it with seven overs to spare almost, with Sophie Devine hitting a lazy 161 off 117 balls. It was (laughs) phenomenal stuff. And Amelia Kerr hit 95. So, look, I I think Australia still go in as favourites. But I, I just think what we saw in this training game is, and I've said it to you before, that as good as Australia are, New Zealand, um, the, uh, India and England can still threaten Australia on a good day. So, uh, yeah, really interesting Australia bouncing back from being bundled out of the 2017 yes. 50-over World Cup. Um, but, uh, look, uh, I, I think Australia will be hard to beat, but really interesting tournament. I love the format. They've got some funky rules. Um, they're allowing the the... If there is a female uh, trainer, they can be a substitute fielder. Yeah, COVID hits. COVID. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, if, you, if you're a physio for one of these teams, um, you've got to take your, your kip. Yeah, it's quite remarkable, isn't it, Metters? That's where in that situation, maybe the media manager can field it long on and you might have the physio at square leg or something like that. I didn't think <laughs> we'd ever see. That is a bit strange, isn't it? But I suppose it's one of the unique aspects of the times that we live in. We're speaking with Andrew Menzel, co-host of the award-winning Cricket Unfiltered podcast. 
What are your thoughts on the selection for the Australian squad in general? I mean, it's interesting with the selection of the women's players about four or five years ago, not many people would have batted an eyelid. Now it receives a lot of scrutiny, doesn't it? And that's probably a good thing for the women's game in the sense that there's a lot of interest in who's going to get picked in this Australian side. You see Amanda J. Wellington back in the squad. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on her because she was the leading wicket-taker in the WBBL. She was left out controversially from the Ashes squad and Alana King effectively filled in the void that was left by the injuries to Georgia Wareham and also Sophie Molyneux, who are spinners but can bat. And I guess that was Wellington's downfall in that she's not as strong a batter as some of those other spinners. But she gets her chance in the squad here. Do you think she can make an impact on the green tops in New Zealand? It'll be interesting if they pick her in the 11. I have a feeling that they'll go for more finger spin and the all-rounders. But I like her selection. She's a wicket-taker, and you need that in 50-over cricket. Uh, she, yeah, I think her fielding's let her down in the past as well. Mm. One of the reasons probably she hasn't been picked. But it's a, a, Australia's top order is really strong. When you look at um, the way Meg Lanning and Talia McGrath have batted all summer, I think they're um, you know in excellent form. And then, you, you know, you add in Haynes and Mooney and Elisa Healy. It's a powerhouse batting order. Uh, so it's going to be hard to stop. No question about that. And the way the Aussies will prepare, I'm sure that they'll take a lot out of the loss to New Zealand in the sense that it is a little bit of a wake-up call mentally. Some of the other big challenges, I think New Zealand would have to be considered as a significant challenger because Sophie Devine, you've got Bates, you've got Amelia Kerr, uh, Amy Satterthwaite, all classy players at international level, and they're playing on their home turf. So there's an extra added incentive to play well, and we saw that with England and what that did for women's cricket when... They performed in 2017 in the ODI World Cup and Australia, obviously, in the T20 World Cup at home. So you think New Zealand could provide that extra edge and maybe an Australia v New Zealand final would be the dream outcome for organisers? <laughs> yeah. As I, said, I think New Zealand are a real danger side, especially they've just got match winners, as you mentioned. The other team is India. I think they're a bit of a smoky for this tournament Agreed. because, you know, T20 finalists... 50 over World Cup finalists the last time. The BCCI are putting a bit behind this team. I've heard they're supporting them a bit more. And I just have a feeling that, you know, on these sort of slow tracks, it'll suit their batters. Um, and, yeah, I, I think India's another smoky as well that could really challenge um, for the tournament. Should ask you as well, I was reading an excerpt in The Age the other day uh, from the book written or the memoir written by Alex Blackwell. It was quite interesting. She was pretty honest and candid about the way that Matthew Mott developed as a coach and Meg Lanning as a leader as well and that they had their teething problems, which I found quite interesting because they've been world beaters over the last few years. But uh, some of the frustration in terms of a lack of communication. I thought it was quite refreshing. I'm not sure if you caught that, but it does give you an insight into the fact that even if you are a standout, it does take a lot of practice and a lot of mistakes before you get to that point in your relative positions. Yeah, so I've read the book and I've interviewed Alex um, for Quick and Unfiltered. So, yeah, I'm well aware of that uh, material. And it was fascinating stuff. I'd heard whispers uh, about this before, but this really... Um, gave you the full picture and it just seemed like there was a bit of a, a generational change in the Australian team as Lanning and Mott came in and there was a few teething problems uh, yeah it doesn't sound like it was smooth sailing there for a while uh, but but certainly since the 2017 50 over World Cup 
it seems like things have improved and um, you know got a lot better. But certainly, it would appear. You know, Lanning was a young skipper, and um, it's got to be tough for her captaining players that are a lot older and more experienced. That's right, and there was evidence in 2016 as well uh, when the West Indies beat them in the World Cup there. So they had their falls before the glory years that they've enjoyed over the last few years where they've been almost unbeatable. I was just going to ask you too, speaking of women's cricket, there wasn't a heck of a lot over the last 24 hours of cricket in general because the shield clash between Queensland and South Australia well, the, the day's play was abandoned, so they're going to reduce the amount of time played because of the rain up there, which we'll get to in a moment. But the one game that was played domestically over the last 24 hours, Victoria against Tasmania. We're both covering a bit of WNCL cricket for KO this season. And Tassie won by 47 runs. They'd have to be one of the stronger lineups, I think, because you've got Molly Strano and, you know, at least Villani wasn't picked for the Australian squad, I don't think, either. So Heather Graham's gone over there as a replacement player now, but she's in that Tasmanian squad and quite another number of others. I think Priest is playing for Tasmania as well. Rachel Priest at the top of the order. She only got a duck today. But there's so many capable players in that Tassie lineup. So I reckon they'd be one of the tournament favourites, I think, because Victoria, they're 0-4. I don't think they're really going to go anywhere without their stars. No, you're right. Naomi Stallenberg's another one in that Tasmanian lineup. There's a gun. And Nicola Carey, who's not there, but she's had a big impact on that team earlier in the season. Uh, I... When we were talking about the Australian side, what, what struck me was, you know, the, the players that aren't there, the fact that the WNCL is still so strong and you've got the Aussie squad away, it just shows what you were talking about, selection, that, that you know, it's tough to get into that Australian team now and, um, you know, there's a lot of good players missing out. So, yeah, WNCL's due to play eight games in five days in Sydney, um, starting, I think, early next week or on Sunday. And, the weather here is monsoonal, Damien, so I'm not holding out much hope for too much cricket, especially sort of in the early part of next week. Hopefully it sort of dries out uh, for some of the games. But, yeah, it's um, pretty wet up here. What about the Queensland v South Australia game? Do you think they're going to get back into play given what's been happening up there in Queensland? Yeah, um, I'd, I'd heard that the South Australian team hadn't even left for... Um, Queensland right. up until today. So they, they hadn't even left before today. They were still in South Australia this morning. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know, actually. Um, the, you know, the, the rumour was they were going to play a three-day game, which you'd, you'd be struggling to get a result out of that. No doubt about that. Just to recap what you said before. So in New South Wales, with the bevy of games that have been played there and the weather, do you think there'll be some cancellations, potentially? I don't know what the forecast oh, is. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly... I um, mean, in the, in the, like it's going to rain for the next few days, so we're struggling to get the grounds ready for early next week. But as there's games all week, you know, Monday to Friday, I think there's eight games, so they'll be really pushing to get them all in. Yeah, no doubt about that. So I think I'm calling the one on Sunday, so we'll see if we actually get a game away on Sunday, and of course on Tuesday as well. And you'll be calling a few match. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply is alongside me in regards to the broader commentary team, so that's good. 
All right, Menas, appreciate you. appreciate your time once again. Always enjoy chatting cricket with you and go the Aussies against Pakistan. Yeah, Damien, hopefully they surprise me and get a... Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Result. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.